All right. I, I've, I actually am happy. I'm, I'm good. So, I got a question for you guys before we get started. We're doing an episode 42. on, on no. clerics this Blue. week. No green. I have a question for you, Terry. We're, do, we're doing a... <laughs> What's the episode. point of it all? Why are we even here? All right. So, I would like to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> this is actually how every episode goes. What is, <laughs> I like being helpful. What is life if not just suffering? <laughs> So you'll be playing a rogue. Um, I've already had that character, I suppose. I feel like my life's not my own. I guess I'm a warlock then, right? Yeah. 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 So um, we're doing clerics, and I'm sitting here looking at clerics and all their healy goodness, and I started to wonder, what the fuck is a hit point? What is a hit point? It is this archaic... Method of determining how much life you have. How Wait, you, dare don't, they? you don't have a numerical value to your vitality, just that you know right off the top of your head. Mine is a sixty-nine. Noise, noise. Oh god. Oh god. Like it doesn't matter if you have a hundred hit points or one hit point. You're still technically just as effective. But if you hit zero, everything yeah. goes. Yeah. So it, this is one thing about Dungeons and Dragons, and like. D20, the D20 system specifically that I've always had problems with, and it is that. It's the, you could have 200 hit points, you could have one hit point, you are the same level of of effectiveness. I've played systems that are uh, like D10 systems or D6 systems where based off of the amount of like damage you've taken, you enter into like a wounded zone or Oh, like in one go. Like if you take 50 hit points Well, no, 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 no. Like like based off of your total quote-unquote hit points, you'll hit into a wounded. Fourth Ed did that. Fourth Ed had or if you dropped to 50% of your hit points, you were considered bloodied. Yeah. And there would be some enemies like Knolls, if an enemy gets bloodied in front of them, they go into a frenzy and they get bonus Oh, well, I like that. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, that's something that I would steal, I think, all the time. I would use that. What about the zero hit point? The zero hit point is on consciousness, then you're on death saves in fifth ed. But but what is the hit point? Is it health? In my head, it's stamina and vitality. Yeah. Because it's not strength. We have a strength stat. It's your constitution, right? It's it's connected to your con. So it's how well, you how can... well you can handle getting punched in the head. It's like well, your toughness. In, yeah. in Warhammer, it would be your toughness. Yeah, it would be your toughness. Uh, isn't I... that your AC? Uh, yes, yes, and Warhammer, and also, but they're kind of the same thing. <laughs> so, um, but no, what I what what I would say is like uh, it's you look at what you have to roll a Constitution check for. You're holding your breath. You're going for a long run. You're uh, doing these things that would but affect of, your stamina. Yeah, and that is but none of these things are, are directly related to hit points. Except Constitution itself is directly related to hit points. Right, but but your ability to hold your breath. Is is not yeah. right. So your ability to concentrate while taking hits. Yeah, that's more athletics, not, right? You know, so geez, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I don't know, but I like the idea of having a scale where you enter a bloody condition. Oh, in fact, when you Adam your crit tables, you kind of do that because you can lose limbs from a single attack. So yeah. you actually make it possible that your body can be affected yeah, by attacks. I, I I look at boxers. This is, this is how I think of hit points. With boxers, they're not taking physical... I mean, they're taking physical damage. They're not opening wounds, right, is my uh, point. Sometimes they are, but but it is... How many times can you get hit in the head? Yeah. Some guys are just better at it than others. Yeah, yeah. Because they've pumped into that stat in their training, right? So, 
like for lack of a better how, how do you here, pump into your that is get the nerdiest the face way of describing sports ever boxers are oh, pumped into oh, that stat more than the others hold on let me introduce worse. you to baseball stats my friend oh god we'll talk about nerds no i can't i can't watch i only watch okay. real sports so i, I was listening to your podcast like, i know nothing about baseball and all of our american fans are gonna our listeners are gonna be like what the hell look but it's a lot of is dudes. it true that they have a stat purely based on the amount of times you've messed up yeah like it's called an error or whatever. The, Why do they keep track of that? Like, what the, what the kind ERA? of things go into an error? I don't like baseball because it feels like they're playing a children's game and nobody's called them on it. It yeah, feels right? like, just, just I'm like, this is a kid's game. Just because nobody knows what a what a, a Switwiffle and a wicket is, doesn't mean they should be playing freaking <laughs> Yeah, cricket. and why is a wicket sticky? Like, what happens with a sticky wicket? Sticky wicket, We're man. playing two very different games of cricket. <laughs> sticky wicket And, and why else. is he called a bowler, but he, like, hurls the ball overhand. Well, no, people. technically the bowler bowls the ball, Daniel. That is his job. <laughs> you just got, like, super <laughs> British. Like, how dare you? You've lost your accent you for however long you've been in Canada, and then, like, we sort of brought up cricket, and you just got, like, high-end. This is awesome. It's just... <laughs> so, so, no, yes, uh, I can answer the question. We'll do a baseball episode. Everybody, hold your breath. Let us know if you want to hear a baseball episode. Can we do episode. a hockey one first? I mean, we're Canadian. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I was actually an umpire for six years, so... Uh, I, yeah, no, you're wearing to, your Blue Jays hat cricket, right now. A cricket umpire? No, a real umpire. Oh, sorry, excuse me, up for baseball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the one that just picks his balls and goes... Blah, blah, blah. Bring it, Dan. Bring <laughs> it. I, I got a good cold open. Dan, we're talking about clerics. Why do people Jesus... Why do people Jesus? Jesus? And why why do we need to kill others for it? Oh god, this just got real awkward. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. I was born in Northern Ireland in the eighties. Okay, this type of tension makes me very nervous. I'm like, oh god, they're talking about religion. This is gonna be a freaking car bomb any second. <laughs> anyway, so clerics, have we started the podcast? Yeah, fucking play the funky music, white boy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. Uh, are we <laughs> that back? was a great. Are we back in? I'm so happy with that. That was beautiful. Dan, don't cut any of that out. That was I'm cool. cutting some. No, come on. That was funny. Are we back I, in? I'll get all the hate. It's fine. It's good. So, yeah, we're back in. Absolutely. Okay. Because I don't know what we've edited out of that, I don't know how we proceed. Do we, do we act like that didn't happen? We'll carry on. It's okay. Um, I'm hurt. I'm deeply hurt. I'm glad we're talking clerics because like... You need some healing now? Well, not, no, it's not that I need my healing. It's it's that uh, I have religious training. So like this is the kind of stuff I've I and, and I think rightly so, Adam is the DM for the religious based Yeah, uh, absolutely. Especially episode. because if anybody remembers the Meet the DMs, we talked about classes and what's your least favorite. And I specifically said cleric. Mm. Yep. Yeah, this is your punishment. Yeah, and and also I said I don't like the healers, and I'll be covering the life domain as yes. well a little bit yep, later. Yep, so yeah, more of your punishment. This is this is why this is why I'm mad at you guys. So uh, let's actually it's not the only reason. Well, it's primary right now. Let's get into the um, the actual meat of what a cleric is. Cleric mm. is the uh, quintessential, the definitive divine caster for all of the arcane casters that are out there there are really only three divine casters um there are some others like the rangers and paladin and stuff like that as well like ranger doesn't have divine yeah his spells are based off nature his he's divine when a ranger gets spells he gets divine spells they're divine they're the same as druid are they really yeah Hmm. you can tell how much i give a shit about rangers the fifth and rangers have just let me down honestly 
don't I just forget rangers like exist? I know. Yeah. I I will understand some of the subclasses, but the range itself is so flawed. We'll get into that. When it comes to bows, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'll just be a champion fighter that carries a bow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Dan, you're a fighter with a crossbow, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Why, I don't know why anyone picks ranger until you look at the revised ranger. We'll deal with that in the ranger episode. Yeah. So, but as, as for clerics, for, you know, the half-casters that are, that are rangers and paladins, even the druid doesn't really get the, um, the sheer... Spellcasting ability that a that a cleric does. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, and they've got a, a entire functionality to that class where they can't cast spells, mm-hmm. right? So clerics are your divine casters. They're the ones where it's built right in that they talk to God, but it says right in it. Um, uh, I'm I'm going to read it directly. Not every acolyte or officiant at a temple or shrine is a cleric. True clerics are rare in most hierarchies. It's That's right out of the player's handbook. The idea that you can walk into any temple and go get healed up is a weird one to me. That yeah. happens a lot, especially in early D&D. It's a very big uh, D&D trope as well. Like, if, if there's a temple, it is being run by clerics. Yeah. yeah. As right? though they're just hanging around mopping the floor and stuff. Yeah, I, I can see it being friars. I can yeah. see it even being... I, I don't know why monks aren't religious in, like... Traditionally yeah, speaking, very, that's an odd one to me. Yeah, they're very kind of neutral, I guess. Yeah. Um, but so when they're we're spiritual, not necessarily religious. Mm. Oh, one of that. Oh, they're selling essential oils and healing crystals on yes, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's, oh my god, the Harry Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost went there, and I'm like, you know, I, I got to stop calling people out. I've already angered the Jesus people. I can't anger anyone else, right? <laughs> Monks don't vaccinate their kids. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh, and now the pendulum has just swung the other direction. <laughs> I'll take it, guys. I told you I'll jump on the grenade anytime I feel like you guys are getting heat. I'm like, don't worry, I'll get him. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Terry. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Terry's always jumping on things. Um, so <laughs> this this episode's gotten thoroughly derailed already. We're barely getting started, but let's get into what a cleric is mechanically. All right, so I'm going to spew a little bit about this, um, and uh, but I've got some questions for you guys. I want to point out a couple of things that don't make a whole lot of sense to me. Okay. All right, when, I, when I'm breaking this down, I don't know why 5th Ed, why the creators built it in this in this way. My question is why the picture of a cleric in the player's handbook has an axe on his ankle. That's, that's, um, he's just going to heal it up anyway. Yeah, that's just like, he's going to kick a dude. He's going to kick a dude in the face and like. Yeah. That was one of my favorite uh, cleric items that I had in a campaign. This is, oh God, eight years ago. It was the Warhammer of Healing, where you rolled a 1d12 um, to heal someone, find out how many hit points, and you roll a 1d8 to see how much damage you do. And Did so the damage it, come first? It must do, surely, because the Warhammer hits them and then... No, 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 no it, it always, it was like an aura around it, so you healed up and then lost some. It was the most bizarre thing ever, especially when you would roll the D8 and roll a 7, you roll a D12 and roll a 2. Yeah. So you just cause 5 points of damage. But that was a load of fun. Um, so, crit. So, first of all, with clerics, um, you get, you're get another one of these D8 hit point um, classes. That's the majority of them in 5th Ed. Hmm. That seems a little low to me for a cleric. You think a D10? I would want it to be a D10. When I'm designing, this guy's supposed to wade into battle. And I know that he's a D8 because he's a major spellcaster. And you can tell he is because he gets the same number of cantrips as a wizard. Mm. Bards and and druids, they have other things going for them. So only get four cantrips. Clerics and wizards, magical. They get five. So there's, you can kind of stack up the divine versus the... uh, 
the arcane from, from that perspective. Well, they also get their heavy armor proficiency. They also no, get they shield. don't. Oh, sorry, they get their medium armor proficiency and they get shields, right. which no other spellcasting class really gets either of those. Uh, uh, druids no. can get shields; they just can't be metal. Yeah, the dru- druids. There, they don't get medium armor. Druids do, I think. Uh, I could tell you here in a sec. Actually, why don't you flip to it, Dan? Let's pause. Um, it's two pages. But but what about the, the warlock? Warlock doesn't get medium armor base. No. It's right there. They get yeah. medium armor. Yeah. yeah. Druids get medium. Here's here's the thing Come about it, Come see your though. dad every time. Here's the thing about it. Your uncle. Uh, your uncle. Your, your uncle. Oh, your uncle, uncle Terry. Terry. Um, I'm the youngest one. <laughs> uh, That's why it's funny. <laughs> the, thing, the thing about the light armor, the medium armor, and the shield proficiency, which at face value looks pretty good... These guys, are, they still have to be front row, right? Yeah. There's nothing ranged built into them. And as much as you can throw axes or shoot a crossbow, and I've seen them that do, if you're shooting a crossbow, you're not using a shield. Yeah. Right? You're, you're still trading off, and you still have to get into battle to be able to heal people. Yeah, you're right. right? It's, it's your, your range thing, really, from my experience playing a cleric, is you're relying on guiding bolt. Yeah. You know? So you're relying on magic for range anyway. And your your weapon proficiencies, they're all simple weapons. That makes perfect sense to me. That includes all the ranged ones, so you have simple ones. But you don't get any martial, which is odd because that pulls some things, like a war pick, out. Mm-hmm. And that feels to me like that should be a cleric weapon. Yeah. If we can get a, a war hammer, we should be able to get a war pick. You know what I mean? Um, now that I've said that, i got to double check and make sure that war pick is not one of the simple ones. It's not. Um, well, yeah. it feels like you should. Yeah, if you get Warhammer, War Pick seems to make sense. It's well, if you if mechanics. you have Warhammer, right, which is um, no, I'm sorry, you don't even get Warhammer. You get Light Hammer. That is what you get. Mm. That, Mace. Yeah, that feels really wrong to me for a cleric. I'm going Warhammer because I'm thinking of uh, 3.5. That's everything that well, I've you, ever you seen. You think for... like fifth edition, fifth edition clerics are far more. They lean more caster than battle. Yeah. Right and three point five and everything else. They 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 had their heavy armor. They all had that martial proficiency. There was a militaristic bend to every single cleric that was out there. Didn't matter what your domains were. That's you, true. You, yep. you you built into it. Whereas in fifth edition, the way that they build these classes, you you have the war domain, which gives you martial weapons and heavy armor and so these good. other things. Right, like yeah. Um, yeah, you, you have to you have to build into it with the domain that you pick, and and you can see that based on their saves, right. In my head, you should have a constitution save for a cleric. But the fact that it's wisdom and charisma seems... I mean... Why is it charisma? I guess so that you can you can see the true soul of people. Like, I'm trying to trying to find the flavor yeah, on it. Yeah, it's Right? Like, you, you have... I'm look, looking more at the insight mm-hmm. um, and the persuasion. Yep. Right? So you'd want a high charisma in there if you're going to be a priest in front of a group of people. Yeah, like, if you're, if you're being kind of priestly i guess you're supposed to be seen as a person to be trusted yeah. among the people but then you get the skills and it and it's like okay so you have your insight and your persuasion are there and the only other three you get history medicine and religion you have five skills to choose from that feels really light that's yeah. one of the lowest right you have got to start leaning into your backgrounds and start picking your background appropriately for this yeah um so well i mean and, and based on your domain a lot like domains and fifth mean a whole lot more than domains have ever meant like they are going to add so much more flavor and this even comes boils down to proficiencies right like depending on what your domain is you will get additional skill proficiencies even expertise off some of them it makes a like, lot of difference mechanically yeah it's not just flavor 
you know, right? Where you, like, where, like where you your domain, domain is so central to what your your cleric is. Um, whereas in previous editions, you were a cleric of these two domains. Yeah. Right. Whereas you are a cleric of war, or you are a cleric of knowledge. I feel like the oath for the paladin is is very similar. Yep. Um, they always had the idea of like an anti-paladin, but now you have oath of vengeance or oath of conquest or like there are just so many more options. Yeah. Uh, speaking of paladins really quickly, you know what they pulled law in 5th ed? You don't have to be lawful anymore to be yeah. a paladin. I have a, a cleric in my Tuesday group. She's a death domain cleric, and she's a tiefling. And I keep calling her a warlock because flavor-wise it's yeah. very strange. Yeah. But she's also lawful evil. I've never seen a lawful evil cleric, and she's a lot of time trying to reconcile why she would heal her party members. Mm-hmm. Especially because she's death domain. If you die, that helps her god. Mm-hmm. Why? She, why does she want everyone to die except these three people? Um, right. And so, so she, and she's a, she's a new player. So she's really struggled with that for the first few. She's figured it out now. You know, mm-hmm. safety in numbers, and you make it work, right? Yeah. For, yeah. For adventuring. What do you need right now over what you want overall? Yeah. Yeah, and their their motivations line up. Yeah. But I I have trouble picturing a chaotic cleric. I've played one. Really? Yeah. How? Uh, it was 3-5, but it was like uh, you play the trickster god cleric. So like you're playing that uh, character who, based off of the will of his god, because you've got to con- consider like these guys are fueled by some sort of deific power. Um, uh, with my more my church group that plays, I've kind of removed that requirement a bit because once you get into church groups, like... You have to worship this god to get your powers. Like, that whole train of thought. It's a false idol, right? Yeah, you you lead down different ways, and I don't want to cause anyone to stumble. So, anyways, um, they clerics, as they're written, receive a lot of power from some sort of deific thing. So, um, if you take, like, a trickster god who wants you to steal things and break the law and ruin um, order and cause disorder, that's how you play a chaotic cleric. Like, you're still devoted to your god, but you view them as more like a... A vending machine uh, to like grab this power from, so you could go cause havoc. Um, I'm reminded of uh, John Ralphio's uh, sister from Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, she yeah. is a chaotic cleric and just sticking her hand out to her, uh, you know, deific dad, the money, please. Like that's see that feels warlock to me, but okay. Well, both, right? Would... Like, well, well, the warlock is not so much. Uh, it's a cleric is god to person warlock is person to god right like there's there's a bit of that weird tension of relationship between warlocks and and clerics i would say um what about like steven of braveheart irish steven yeah yeah, yeah. it's mine yeah it's mine yeah you could you could that type of character you could use a chaotic oh yeah yeah for sure yeah it's all like mental stability you know sure yeah he's he's heavily devoted but he's heavily devoted but his methods are questionable yeah, I guess my problem is that I only ever I can't get past life domain. Yeah, and and I'll talk about that later. Like I understand that a lot of people play war domain clerics. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Why not play a paladin? Well, I've but used, we'll jump into yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, things. I did. Sorry, I was gonna say I did war domain cleric, but again, that's coming from a lot of years of experience. Sometimes, like for me, the reason I did it was just to try it. 
Yeah. I've never done it before, you know. Um, so when you get into things like trickery domain, like how does that work? Are you, are you a bard now? Like, are you a divine bard? Is this what we're doing with the trickery yeah. domain? There's a lot of weird crossovers. I know we're doing druids. Um, we're doing druids after clerics. And again, you start to see like how classes blend in. Yeah, yeah. especially with the nature domain. The, yeah. There are a couple of them that kind of bleed together. Anyway, let's get, let's get back to the general overview of them. Uh, you have wisdom as your spellcasting modifier. Right, um, you gain your expended spell slots back after long rest. Uh, you know um, as many spells as your wisdom modifier plus your cleric level. All right, so that's quite that's a, different. That's quite a few spells that you know, um, but uh, your spell slots are uh, based on your wisdom modifier. Okay. Um, so, you can, uh, you're a ritual caster, which is super important. Um, they're one of the only ones. I think them and druids make a whole lot of sense for ritual casting. Mm -hmm. I don't see sorcerers being, like, casting rituals very often. I'm not sure if they even are ritual casters. But, like, it really makes sense for a cleric to be able to say, hold on a sec, let me light a candle and pray. Yeah. Give me ten minutes. Right? Um... One of my favorite things about it is they get a spellcasting focus, and I want to just talk about this for a minute because it's it's a little bit bizarre. They, they have this holy symbol. A holy symbol is a representation of a god or pantheon, so it doesn't just have to be your god. Yeah. Right? Uh, it can be an amulet depicting a symbol representing a deity, the same symbol carefully engraved or inlaid as an emblem on a shield, or a tiny box holding a fragment of a sacred relic. So... Already, like I traditionally, it's just emblazoned upon a shield or on a breastplate. Yeah. And um, Dan, did you just look up sorcerers? Yeah, they're not. They're not ritual casters. No, yeah, not okay, based. cool. They have ritual spells, but I guess um, a cleric or paladin can use a holy symbol as a spell casting focus. And to use a symbol this way, the caster must hold it in hand, wear it visibly, or bear it on a shield. My favorite spell casting focus ever was on a cleric that I played. Where it was the runes carved into his teeth. Into his teeth, yeah. So he smiled and cast spells out of his teeth, which was a lot of fun. Um, that is that is metal as hell. I love metal. it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it's also, it made me very scared that the DM would be like, you got punched in the face, you rolled on a crit table and you lost some teeth. Hmm. You can't cast spells now. Or now you just have like a necklace of your own teeth. <laughs> right? Or the druid picks it up and now it's his druidic totem. <laughs> um, love it. So... Uh, a character can use a component pouch or a spellcasting focus in place of the components specified for a spell. Which means you don't have to worry about spell components at all as a cleric. But, if a cost is indicated for a component, you have to use that specific component before you can cast the spell. Hmm. Um, so like a diamond worth a thousand gold pieces where you have to have that diamond. Yes. Regardless. Yeah. yeah. But you don't But like a thing of back one oh if you're catch if you're casting a fireball as a light cleric, you're you don't have to worry about it. You just be like, Hey look, oh, look at my shiny thing. Yep. Uh, if a spell states that a material component is consumed, you must provide the component for each casting of the spell. The word there is for each casting. So if you want to cast it ten times, you need ten different versions yeah. of this. So you still need to have the components. You just and aren't literally consuming them in that moment. Right. Right. Um, and again, you have to have a hand free to access this. Here's my problem with clerics. You get shields. You ha you're carrying your melee carrying weapon. Carrying your hammer, yeah. What bare hand do you have for this? Like, what free hand do you have? Keeping in mind that 
stowing a weapon is um, your interaction in 5th Ed, and you can't draw it again afterwards, right, on that turn. Yeah, is this something that kind of gets hand-waved often? Yeah. I don't think it's something I would argue. I'm like, all right, you're the cleric, you're casting your spells, you got your shield and your hammer, it's okay, I'll let you off. You know, you're already being restricted by the fact that now your hammer's one-handed, so it does less damage. Well, well I, I've seen the solved by things like uh, the, the weapon itself being the holy symbol yeah. as well. Yeah, that's why it's on the shield. It's, on, right? it's either it's on the shield or, you know, they're raising their mace up high and it's glowing. The spells are coming from it because it's emblazoned with symbols of your of your god. Like, I've you're, seen you're that. You're Mjolnir. Yeah, right? yeah, so, right. Yeah. Um, the old, like, 3-5 uh, iconic cleric was a guy by the name of Jozan. And a lot of his pictures were just, like... Him holding his... Him holding his mace up and it glowing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, the other thing... Lots of him dying as well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the other thing about, um, uh, about clerics was the, uh, and and specifically how to get around this two-handed... I I need three hands, I only have two, is I introduced homebrew, the idea of a buckler. Yeah. So it keeps your second hand free. It only adds one to your AC instead of the two that a shield does. But it's permanently strapped to your arm until you pull it off for a short rest. Mm. And it has to be buckled on. It's part of your armor going on, right? So it's technically not a shield slot. It's a huge, what, um, bracer, I guess. Yeah. Right? So, but the fact that I have to homebrew that, or the fact that it's forcing me to put it on a shield feels strange to me. Yeah. Right? It's just a weird part of 5th Ed. Um, You get a divine domain. There are 12 domains for 5th Ed. That is more than even the wizard has. There uh, And the wizard comes with like a, a stock eight. Yeah. Right? In the player's handbook. There are 12 domains for clerics. It's nuts. They've spilled out into Sword Coast Adventures Guide. There is a domain in the Dungeon Master's Guide. They are all over the place. And so if we're doing three subclasses an episode, that's like four cleric episodes we've yeah. got in front of us, guys. There is so much to talk <laughs> the about. The people will be thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> so like the the people sitting there on their knowledge cleric going, oh, when will it be my turn? It'll we're be back a while, to talk friends. about religion. Yeah. Sit down. <laughs> Adam's going to make exactly. more bad jokes. Buckle up. <laughs> um, uh, so you get your channel divinity uh, as well. You get a bunch of domain spells, special ones that are specifically for your um, domain that you've chosen. Your channel divinity is... Um, this is another weird one. I don't know why why lay on hands is for paladins when clerics are the healers and channel divinity, like the holy power of turn undead and make undead flee from you isn't paladin. That feels backwards to me. That does feel backwards. And yeah. I've never thought about it until right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. You're absolutely right. But is Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, that's a holdover from previous editions, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so the cleric is really an archaic kind of class channel divinity is relatively new uh but the idea of turning undead or rebuking undead are are quintessential and and the problem is they've named them very similar like lay on hands and and uh all that other stuff like they they bleed together very very well and yeah they're completely holdovers yeah i feel like it's for the traditionalist if you were to release sixth edition for example and you have those those backwards yeah, people will be up in arms about it. Maybe yep. the the only argument I could think for the whole turn on undead thing would be the cleric would be the the closest person to their god. You know, it's uh, the paladin is kind of uh, I guess through sort of choice through like swearing an oath, but the cleric is like 
I don't know, blessed with this power. Yeah. Why do clerics not have to swear an oath as well? Like, it seems weird that they're because granted more godly power than a paladin is. Because but... they may not want it. The paladin swears their oath voluntarily. Mm. The cleric can just be given that power. That's a really cool point. Well, I'd like to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, the reason I said that is because we're going to talk about our own ideas later. Yeah. That's mine. Hey, <laughs> oh, shit. We've doubled up, Terry. <laughs> That's um, okay. We can do this. Um, so uh, one of the channel divinity uh, options built right in is turn on dead, which essentially means that they run like little bitches from you. Um, you get your ability score improvements at the regular martial rate. Um, your destroy undead has some funky levels. You need to be familiar with this table if you're going to be a cleric. I'd almost write it out and put it on the back of your character sheet. Yeah. Um, just because at different levels, you can just outright destroy undead instead of turning them. You get divine intervention. Terry, tell me about divine intervention. This was your favorite thing to fail. Divine, <laughs> it never worked. Yeah. It never worked. Divine intervention doesn't care about stats. Divine intervention is... Once per day, you can request divine intervention. You can request a favor from your god. It's very loose. It's left to the DM. But essentially, you can pray and say, help me do this thing. My friend is dying. I can't heal them. I'm too far away. Bring them back or tell me the secret or whatever. And then you have a certain percentage. I believe it's you roll percentile dice and you have to score less than your cleric level. Yeah, that's right. I believe. Yeah. And if you succeed... You get that divine intervention to whatever level your DM decides, and then if you if you succeed, you can then not ask for it again for another seven days. But if you fail, you can try again the next day. At level twenty, you succeed automatically. So at level twenty, you can literally just ask your god to do whatever you need. Why are you even fighting the big bad guy at the end? Well, I would assume as well that you that it you still have to wait. You the still seven wait days. the seven days for another right. Yeah. So. So in a regular I, year, you're only getting 52 of these I want to know why there's not wishes. a scale that makes this a lot more possible. Well, well because, it, again, this is an archaic holdover. The same way that Wish is, right? Wish is ridiculously powerful. Always has been. But we used to have Minor Wish and Greater Wish and other versions. Yeah. And in this version, D&D &D and 5th Ed, it's just Wish. And Wish can do whatever you want it to do. Right? I feel like Divine Intervention is the same thing. But... We gives the DM an out to say, and the god steps forward and says, "Fuck no!" <laughs> <laughs> right? right. So that's it's it's kind of your only your only way out of dealing with this. But you got to deal with it a lot more often. And if you are the DM that has that one player that has dice that don't hate him. What's that yeah. like? Yeah. Also, not enough NPCs requesting divine intervention for my liking. Oh my if god. If you come across some higher power, uh, higher every level cultist, enemies. <laughs> every cultist should be rolling when you're about to get the killing blow. They just roll percentile dice. They're all level one or two, but if you roll a 98 or 99 or yeah. 100, then all of a sudden they're well, gone. You don't get the, the ability until 10th level, right? Ah, uh, yeah. But if you can come across, say, a trio of high-powered clerics as, like, but bad guys... Yeah, like, if, if you are a level 15 or 14 party and you come across, like, a higher echelon of cultists, there's no reason why they can't be doing that. Well, they should. DMs out there, pull that one on your players. They'll love it. Yeah, they, uh... They, they won't. They, they won't. won't. They won't love it. <laughs> but they won't expect it. And that's what makes the game interesting. Deus Ex Machina does not work when it's from the DM to the players. Um, so here's the other thing that's really vague and strange about 5th Ed, is the idea of the gods. They're really not laid out clearly at all. No. They have been in previous editions, 
And there's a breakdown in Sword Coast Adventures Guide. And there's a little bit of conversation and tables at the ends of some books. But there's not a whole lot about the gods or how they work. And they'll give you the one domain that they're in, like a part of. But then as they release more domains in Xanathars, they have to release more gods. Yeah. And right? it's kind of like Game of Thrones in that it kind of suggests that they're all there. Yeah. Like they're all there. Yeah, it could be the Greek gods or the Roman gods. They're all or, hanging about. Yeah, or the Pathfinder gods. It's whatever you want it to be. Right? Yeah, like, but the way they've built the domains in this... Uh, Whereas 3.5 had, you know, each god had its uh, portfolio of like seven or eight different domains that you could pick if you worship that god. What they've done here is they've made it more of a statement where um, they'll say like, gods of light. So it doesn't matter what kind of deity you are, or sorry, it doesn't matter what the specific deity is. If he can be arguably or she can be arguably a god of light, they can have the light domain, right? Um, they do the same thing with life. Like any non-evil deity can um, influence, have influence over this domain, right? Like they've made it more of a general thing that applies over top. Like they're they're more. This is also them, like like uh, stepping back from the alignment chart being yeah. so hard as, as possible. However, it's still a factor, right? You still have to be one step off with your god, right? So if you are chaotic good, you have to either be chaotic or good. Your god has to be chaotic or good. You can't pick a true neutral god because hmm. it has to be one of your two sides. Right? Yeah. You could be chaotic good. You could still have a chaotic evil god, which is crazy to me. But why not, right? Like, this is... The cleric is very poorly defined, generally speaking. When you get into the domains, Dan, you're 100% right on that. It starts to kind of make itself clear. But I really feel like you have a lot of homework to do mm -hmm. when you're doing the cleric. Yeah, it's kind of like you got to read them all. To decide which one you want to do, which All is fine. Freaking for, twelve of them. Which is fine. <laughs> Some people will like to do that. Not Terry. I like to choose my wine and my clerics based off the title. So, <laughs> Roll a d12 and see what happens. I'm like, well, I'm like nature, probably not. Even though I'm talking about that later, I'm like war domain. That sounds a lot more interesting than knowledge because I'm not going to read them in their entirety. But that's <laughs> just how I live my life. Okay, so um, we didn't roll dice, and and I'm kind of at the end of this whole big spiel. Before we go to commercial. I want to roll dice for a real quick question. Pick a race that you think would go well with cleric or which is so opposite of what a cleric should be. Samoan. Like, wrong. <laughs> just, just wrong. Just wrong. Just wrong. Just wrong. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. All right. So. Two. Wait, hey, we talked. Oh! The people at home have no idea. What Nine. That, that right. means I, I'm going second. I have had the worst dice luck now for two in a row. Yep. All right. Feel, feel the pain. And I'm going to take this from you. Um, you going first? Yeah, Dan, Yeah, I'm going first. Uh, for a race that is the quintessential cleric, like, you can't get more iconic than a dwarf. You yeah. really can't. Their yeah. entire... He's in the book. They've always been in the book. There's been old D&D video games where they're like, you get to play Dungeons and Dragons as a character, and the iconic is like an elf wizard and a halfling rogue well, correct, and a dwarven cleric. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, but your cleric could only be a dwarf in first edition. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. really? Yeah, you, you couldn't be a different race. You had that human fighter, dwarf cleric. Yeah, yeah. elven wizard, and, 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 and those it, were the three. It has, yeah. it has to do with the fact that dwarves are far more... Uh, 
wise just by nature. They're more they're more um, in tune with the the spiritual side. They they have that longer vision that kind of shares with the gods. So they. I I also feel like you're right. I also feel like when you come to the things like. Um, the skills that are wisdom based mm -hmm. that all of them scream dwarf, dwarf to me. Yeah. Right? Like the guy who's rooting out uh, lies and dishonesty and lack of truth or trying to lie or trying to intimidate or trying to persuade. Yeah. Like I, they're far more social than say elves. Yeah. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, as for one that is completely as far away from this as I can think, I would go gnome. Like for me, gnomes, I, a gnome cleric seems weird to me because mm. um, they're very innovative. They're very analytical. They're very... Uh, they're not... They're like the they're, opposite of spiritual. They're like they're engineers. Like, yeah, they're very opposite of, of that spiritual side. Yeah, they're engineers. They're 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 tinkerers. They're, in, they're intellectuals. They're all of these things. Like, I, I don't see them following the... Um, Could you picture the gnome talking to the god and the god is like, and this is the power I bestow you. And you just be like, Why? Why yeah. would you get that from? No, no, no. Oh. Stop, stop. Don't. Don't. Like, where oh, they come God, from? God, your gnomes are the most annoying gnomes ever. <laughs> More annoying than Dan's gnomes. Hey, whoa. Hey, my whoa. gnome is fantastic. And really you annoying. know it. So. He's okay. Um, it's like, you know, <laughs> your gnome is like people that live with back pain. You just get used to it after a while. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I've right. only been playing this guy for a year, Terry. No, I love Fine. him. I love him. Bless him. You're up next, Terry. What do you got? Um, what was the question? I'm the sorry. Question is, for races, what what races either make or or break the cleric class? Uh yeah. I feel like for for making clerics. I mean, I like the idea of human cleric. I'm so boring. I like the idea of human cleric because I feel that for newer players, and I like to be the voice of the newer players. Uh, it's a lot easier to. Find yourself in your character because it's it's so general. I don't really think that there needs to be a race that breaks cleric. I thought about playing a tiefling cleric one time, for example, and I'm only saying that because of the idea that I'm going to talk about later of having power bestowed on you that you didn't necessarily want or look for. So I actually love the idea of a gnome cleric. What that what would be more hilarious than a gnome tinkerer that's been blessed with this? divine power yeah he's like it, a forge domain that 10 minutes ago he didn't he probably didn't even believe in yeah exactly and now he's running through his village telling everyone that he's the son of god like, like, I, like I love the idea of like this clockwork fire starter has been brought to you by jesus right <laughs> well, okay so i'm gonna get i'm gonna get bible nerd for a second this is really kind of what happens with uh noah in the books rackham's gonna be mad if you get bible nerd no no go with it just go with yeah, it. yeah uh uh Noah is sitting there. Everyone else in the world is depraved and and and. Good name for gnome, though. Noah, Noah the gnome, yeah. or, or Noma. Anyways, uh, God goes to him and says, "Hey, build an ark." God goes to him and says, "You know, it's got to be this big," and gives him the plans. God goes to him and says, "I'll bring the animals." God goes to him and says all these things. Noah just has to do what his God is telling him to do, right? He's very much a cleric in this sense, um, and the, he they say he's a holy man. They say he's all that other stuff, and then he gets discovered by his kids naked in a in a cave. Once, mm. uh, like the end of the story of Noah is kind of weird and disconcerting. Yeah, but uh, they say uh, the Bible says they see his feet, and we've talked about this in like the, I think it was the Meet the DM episodes yeah, where, yeah. where feet, feet equals genital feet equals genitals. So like they say his kids saw his feet. Yeah, That's no, he was drunk yeah. and naked inside of a cave. Uh, but and. <laughs> 
And that's all we need to know about Noah. That was that was the end of his arc. <laughs> <laughs> Very clever. All right. So, um, what's your what's your? Okay, I guess there's no least favorite race. No for... least favorite race because I believe that you can make it work as long as you try and break the mold a little bit. I do have one. If I could bring it up, the one that upsets me when I see a cleric has it, and I'm sorry for this. Acemir. It's two on the nose. Two on the nose. It's two you know, on the I, nose I, for I, an Acemir cleric. Do you want more than a dwarf cleric? Oh yeah, no. Dwarf clerics like dwarves still have their whole familial like Don't traditional sense. Don't you think it makes sense. perfect sense for somebody who has celestial blood to probably and that's believe my problem. Listen, that's my Mr. problem. Half orc barbarian, you half orc your barbarian. No, that's my problem with it. It's it's just too on the nose with it. All right, okay. So then let me let me give my answer. Are you all right with an Eric Cocker then? I absolutely love the idea of the holy birds that are like the sun gods, <laughs> right? That are flying down to like. Hand out justice. They're all paladins and clerics mm. in my head. Yeah, right. That one makes a lot of sense to me. Conversely speaking, uh, about eagle, air cockra. Yeah, clerics. Yeah, absolutely. Like I or you go Egyptian with takes them, they're all freedom. That <laughs> <laughs> they're all wearing red caps. <laughs> Make this guy's great again. So um, <laughs> no. <laughs> We can't get political on. All right, never mind. Never mind. Everybody, please write down and tell them what your opinions are on the American political system. The only system. D&D country that thinks they're fucking free. <laughs> Canada's like, uh, we're good. Y'all pick Neverwinter. <laughs> All right. So my least favorite, the one that makes absolutely zero sense to me, is the uh, lizard folk. They're just robotic yeah, alien lizard I brain. I, I don't. As much as they would be like, I do this for the cleric or my god. Yeah. Like there's there's the charisma is just gone. <laughs> they're all just barbarian fighter marshal to me. Yeah. And if they're going to be holy at all, they a paladin, right? Yeah. Or maybe maybe even druid depending on how you're building it, but and I not... feel like it would even be paladin based on what they believe was a god, which is probably just the last dragonborn that walked by or something like that. Yeah. 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 All right, um shall we cut to commercial? Let's do it. All right, and then we'll jump into the specific domains. Yeah, for sure. Cool. This episode is brought to you by WildBot3D.com. Condition markers, spell trackers, AOE templates, scatter terrain, and much more. Proudly made in Georgia and personally packaged and shipped worldwide. That's WildBot3D, your home for quality 3D printed tabletop gaming accessories and terrain. Visit WildBot3D.com to purchase your new favorite accessories today. Wildbot3D.com. Wildbot. <laughs> All right, uh, the domains. So we've each picked a domain yes. uh, off of the list. Uh, we're going to keep it a secret from the people at home. Let's roll dice. I revealed mine already. <sighs> oh, Terry. <laughs> what the holy. Oh! I rolled a nat one. Terry hit my dice, and, and then stayed and it a stayed one. a nat one. That means um, that you rolled two nat ones for the stats. You also botched last week, if I recall. Yeah, you did. You've lost all of your juju. Apparently, I have to be employed in order to roll fucking dice. <laughs> am I allowed to say juju on an episode about clerics? Yes, you're allowed to yes, say juju. Okay. But all right, why am I the arbiter of this? What? I don't know. I, I tried to sit you guys down and be like, "Hey, can we keep the swearing to a minimum?" That's gone out the fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I looked at you with a question, brother. Dan, is this cool if I say this about? 
Oh, yeah. Well, you're our, you're our resident holy man, right? In, I, in I, a sense, sure. I also just assume that Dan knows everything about all religions as well. We could yeah. be having a conversation and I'd be like, uh, uh, Anubis was the... yeah, God of, uh, Egyptian god of death. Okay. Well, well, yeah, no. I And I was like the time I was talking to Dan about the... Uh, I, is Anubis a null? He's, he was Jack. He was a jackal. Well, he's a jackal, so yeah. Or like hyena? No, I, I I think he's uh what is and it? And Vishnu's well, a there's, yeah, there's jackal folk, right? Isn't there? Are there? Uh, <laughs> I created jackal folk based on minis that I pulled out of a Pathfinder. Oh, okay. All right, so you're you're God pulling. Damn it, Pathfinder! Right? What the fuck? Is hey, wrong Dan, with you? you haven't coughed today. Speaking of God, damn it! I've been trying to hold it back. Are, <laughs> very good so far. Very uh, good. But we have many miles to go. We yeah. do. Yeah, we do. Terry, you're up first. What do we got as far as domains go? I am covering the nature domain. Oh, trees and rocks and sticks and things. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're, Terry. We're doing druids next week. Yeah, I know. I did, where I will talk about the exact same thing. <laughs> but yes, we were talking about crossovers before. The nature domain for a cleric is, and the people at home will scream at me. Very similar to how I kind of see a druid. You're like it's a okay, holy it's okay. druid. All of the type. ones that love this are going to be outside without any sort of electricity, hugging trees. That's fine. But you're you're manipulating nature in the name of your god, essentially. So there's lots of environmental manipulating spells, which is uh, what I like to do when we play d and I'm always trying to fuck with the environment to mess with Adam's plans, uh, but it never works. Um, so I think you could be <laughs> I think you could be very creative with the nature domain because it's not as um, it's not as obvious to say like the war domain which is like you're you're good at hitting stuff and you can heal people or the life domain which is dude your job is to bring people back from the dead or stop them from dying in the first place because you're manipulating the environment i kind of see it as you're almost like a higher level arcane trickster is how i would kind of look at it and people may argue with that but that's how i would play it that's an interesting take yeah uh but yes nature domain uh you yeah, you're manipulating the environment or nature in the name of your god. And essentially, that's what you have. Your your channel divinity is that you can charm beasts and charm animals and plants. So again, which is bizarre to me that that like when you're charming animals, that's ranger, right? Yeah, there's a lot of bleed over from the cleric domains and the other stuff. It's and it's all about really what you want to uh, keep. Like I find that I always said that I chose my characters based off backstory and ideas, and kind of went for the classes later. But I find now that I'm actually diving more into the mechanics. Like, what do I want to be able to do? Yeah. Do I want Do I want to be a ranger? Probably not. Never. No, nope, I'd rather be a nature cleric. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything? Uh, what What else do nature clerics have? Um, what do they do that's so special? Well, they're basically they have all the same stuff that a regular cleric would do. They they are proficient in heavy armor, which is huge. Yeah, Th- that that struck me. That as seems weird. weird. That seems weird. And I would I would probably build it like I would request to the DM be like, hey, can I have heavy armor made out of like thick ancient trees or something? Like petrified wood. I've introduced a thing called ironwood for exactly that reason. Yeah. yeah. So, but the main differences are they have an extra proficiency in the heavy armor. Their channel divinity is slightly different, and they have access to um, uh, d- different spells. Obviously, but they're more nature based. Their divine strike you can do. You don't just do radiant damage. You can do fire, cold, and thunder. Sorry, and lightning damage. So now, if you are going up against, well, let's say a dragon, for example, or whatever, or something with some sort of vulnerability, that you can choose um, which uh, which element type you'll hit them with. And That's super useful. Being yes. able to choose your element type yeah. is huge. And that's sixth level? Uh, no, that eighth. was eighth level. The sixth eighth. level one is that you can imbue um, a resistance to an element type element type on someone within 30 feet. Again, that's huge. Yeah, 
Because it, well, exactly what I was saying before, I was leading to my point of if you're, um, you say, if you're fighting a dragon or something, for example, the breath weapon, and you have a party member gets hit with fire damage on your reaction, you can give them resistance to that. So if you'll know mechanically if they failed their save, and then you can just put that resistance on anyway. Or you have one party member passes. If one that fails, you can give it to them. Yeah, and the elemental ones are the ones that you see more than anything else. Yeah, right. Yep. Your fire, cold, lightning, right? Or thunder. Or thunder. Yeah, with the dampen yeah, elements. It was fire, cold, lightning. I know I said thunder accidentally earlier. Well, you get damage. you get thunder for the dampen elements, but when it comes to divine strike, you get fire, cold, or, uh, lightning. or lightning. The big yeah. three. I think yeah. you still get to keep the radiant damage though, like as an option. Because uh, I think that clerics get that anyway. Possibly. Yeah. Radiant damage. Uh, I'm not. I don't think so. I don't Maybe think not. so. No. Okay. No, that's that's your uh, divine uh, smites, hmm. right, for yep. the paladins. So, which uh, I mean, you get the spell divine, like you get the divine smite spells, like the smite. Uh, what is it? Branding smites, uh, warding smite. Those might you get those spells as a cleric. So, do you? Yeah. Okay. Um, what else do we get with the nature domain? There's one more, and I forget. It's a higher level one. Uh, Master of Nature. Master of Nature, 17th level. You gain the ability to command animals and plant creatures. While creatures are charmed by your charm animals and plants feature, you can take a bonus action on your turn to verbally command what each of those creatures will do on its next turn. Huge. Yeah, that's... Uh, what level? Seventeenth. That's seventeenth. I, I think you're you not have to be creative whole... with it because the animals and plants that you're going to get are not going to be like what you're going to be fighting at seventeenth level. You're not going to be able to cause that much damage. So I think you need to be clever with it. Like you would use them to manipulate the environment, during, move stuff, push things during whatever. a social encounter where you summon a swarm to blot out the sun. Yeah. for your gods' omens. That's like, what I mean. Shit I like think, that, right? I yeah. think you just this is a this is a domain for more experienced players. I think. Or very creative players, uh, because if you're brand new to the game, I think you're going to get disheartened if you can't figure out what to do. And I mean, it's called Nature Domain. Things. I'm assuming you're not doing this in your urban campaign. No. Yeah. But I mean, could this be useful for the Underdark? Oh, for sure. I think so. You know what? Even for the urban campaign, if you're controlling plants and animals, there's still rats and mice and things that are around that, that are you can around, use for yeah. like more spy type stuff. Yeah. Carry it. Uh, bring a dire tiger around with you everywhere. Yeah, because why not? Your seventeenth level nature cleric, you oh, should have a pet tiger. What's the tiger. ridiculously massive tiger on Aladdin called? Raja. Raja, yeah. Raja, yeah. Excellent name for a tiger. And I don't think it's ridiculously large. It is just that tigers are freaking huge. And Jasmine's man. like ninety pounds or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. soaking wet. Yeah. Is she is she fourteen? I have a friend who owns a company, a princess company, where they dress up as princesses and go to kids' parties and stuff. And she once told me how old they all were. I'm pretty sure she's fifteen. Yeah, they're all young, right? Like Ariel. Aurora is the oldest one. She's sixteen. Well, she was when I asked her this five years ago. But... It's so creepy. It's so. Oh, that's what all those old stories were. Yes, it's creepy, but that's what the, all the old, old stories were like. Yeah, but if we're gonna be that creepy, like white... Snow White, I think was twelve. Yeah. Thirteen. Like she's super it's medieval, young. though. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Medieval time. But I mean. Uh, that that's a whole other thing for D and D. How medieval do you get in your campaign? Mm. Not that medieval. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is not eighteen we're gonna, and we're gonna, up. <laughs> hey, we'll do genocide and killing people all day long. You're Terry, sixteen and up. Well, more yes. God, <laughs> don't. All right, check the law in England. <laughs> you check the law. <laughs> Damn. Uh, so Terry got nature. I got I got the light domain. Um, the light domain is, um, it's the fire domain. It is the 
one that is uh, gods who are like the heralds of the sun are uh, and want to shine the light on the injustices like of the world. Uh, like Aarakocra, but like gods like Helm, Lathander, Poltis, Branchala, the Silver Flame, Apollo, like very much in, uh, embody well, this let, kind of. Let domain. me ask you: Are we doing moonlight as well, or is it is it sunlight? It's and light? strictly sunlight. Okay, is yeah. it radiance or uh, flame? It's, it's flame. It is open flame. Like you, right. get, you look at the um, domain spells they get, and they'll give you an idea. For first level, you get burning hands and fairy fire. I'm fairly certain they chose fairy fire just because it has the words. Fire in the title, because uh, fairy fire is just stuff. like outlines of uh, glitter and purple. Yeah, but flame, I love that. But... That just underlines every invisible creature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, third level, you get flaming sphere and scorching ray. Nice. Uh, fifth level, you get daylight and fireball. Mm-hmm. Seventh level, you get guardian of faith and wall of fire. And what? ninth level, you get flame strike and scrying. Interesting. Well, light. I'm. I'm uh, it's, it's, it's illuminating. It, it, it is. It's. It's all about uh, uh, being enlightened. Yeah. And like illuminating mystery and stuff. So it makes sense when you read it. It just feels kind of out of place with like you get all this fire stuff and also can see the dude four hundred what, miles away. What's interesting is that a lot of that fire stuff is not in the in the divine spellcasting list. No. Right. This, so this, this is how you get your cleric that can you, cast a fireball. Yeah. Yeah, and that's insanity. Throw this uh, cleric with like an elemental adept feat for uh, fire. Like, I don't care if you're shooting a fireball at a flame, uh, like a fire elemental, you're gonna do damage to it, right? Like, it's just fantastic. This I they're they're one of my favorite forms of cleric to play as well, and they're all about like eradicating shadow, right, and just banishing all of that stuff. Um, they get light as a first level cantrip. Just that's uh, when you are first level and you get this, you get light. That is just something you get. You have a way to illuminate. Cool. Uh, you get what is called a warding flare uh, as your also your first level ability, which is as your reaction, you can like throw sparks in front of an attacker's eyes, which will cause them to have disadvantage on the attack roll. So essentially blinded. For, yeah. For um, yeah. Yes, but creatures that are immune to being blinded. Can't be hit by this. Yeah. So, um, and you get that the amount of times as your wisdom modifier a day. Which should be pretty high, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's you get it back on a sh- long rest, not a short, but like... Sure. It's fairly fantastic. As a channel divinity at second level, um, you get the ability, and they, I love how they say this, to harness sunlight, banishing darkness, and dealing radiant damage to your foes. So you do get radiance with it. You, you, you do get a little bit, yeah. Um... What you do is you present your holy symbol and any magical darkness within 30 feet of you is dispelled. Oh. For channel divinity Whoa. at second level. That's nutty. Okay, so hold on. Second the, level? The, that at second over, level. This, that is, this is unstoppable object versus immovable object, right? Like, what happens when you have... The, what is it tieflings? There's a certain kind of tiefling that's just like, boom, magical darkness. No one can see and it cannot be dispelled. Only Isn't you that Durgar? Is it Durgar? I think it's I Durgar. It was okay, so will this maybe work some if... form of drow. Uh, I I bet I bet there's a conflict somewhere. Yep. Um, um, additionally, hmm. each hostile creature within thirty feet of you must make a Constitution saving throw. Um, a, a creature takes radiant damage equal to two d ten plus your cleric, uh, cleric level on a failed saving throw, and half as much on a successful one. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's what level is this? 
second. This is your channel that's divinity huge. at second that seems level. Seems hugely overpowered. Two yeah. D ten plus cleric level as a channel divinity. Like how many channel divinities you get? You get like your wisdom modifier you a day. Two, it does eventually go to three, I think, or four. But yeah, it's yeah. it's not it's not that it's high. Really it's low. low. Yeah, yeah, you don't get that much. You eventually get three arrest, right? You get this back on a short rest, but like that is game breaking in some in some respects. Low, like, low levels, yeah. I'm up to about level seven. I would say that that's yeah. You have you have your one second like second level. You barely walked out of your farmer's field, and you're like, no more magical darkness. You can still I, smell your backstory on you. I would love I would love to see this guy. Your parents paired. are still alive. I would love to see this guy paired with a warlock. What? I'm, oh, just, ste- I'm just steamrolling through You're this. You just roll through that? Yeah. They heard it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would love to see this guy paired with that uh, warlock build that uses the devil sight that lets you see through magical darkness. Um, um, that's so, an invocation, I think. It's an invocation, but you have that entire build is the warlock casts darkness and then wades in. And then the one cleric goes, fuck you. <laughs> and undoes it. And undoes it, like... Well, I think the clerics and warlocks are natural enemies in the first place. Yeah, so that makes oh yeah, sense very much. Me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at sixth level for this, I'm just going to move on uh, past the channel divinity. Your uh, warding flare uh, becomes something you could use on uh, use your reaction for another creature. Huh. So at at first level, it's versus you. So if someone's attacking you, you can impose uh, this. You can impose a disadvantage. Uh, at sixth level, you could do it for any creature within thirty feet of you as a reaction. Any creature, any ally. Any creature. Cool. Yeah. Uh, when a creature you see within you attacks... Uh, within you? Oh, sorry. Within 30 feet of you attacks cool. a creature other than you. Okay. So, if if Joe Blow A is attacking Joe Blow B and your entire party sitting back, you can still interrupt it. Like, say you're at a bar fight that's breaking out, right? You can yep. still interrupt it. Um, you get potent spellcasting, which a lot of the domains get. Uh, it gives you the ability to add your wisdom modifier to all of your damaging cleric spell, uh, cantrips. Um, it is just your cantrips, though, so players, DMs, be aware. Um, and then at 17th level, the capstone ability is you get this thing called Corona of Light, where you uh, use your action to activate... A light Corona? To- yeah. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> yep. Corona Stick a lime water. in me. I'm done. <laughs> I just love to stare down down when we say stupid shit. The people at home I'm can't like see. I'm trying to have some sort of like integrity. The and, people at and... home can't see. But we just stare him down when we say dumb shit. Every single time. Um, so anyways, there's there you uh, activate an aura of sunlight uh, that lasts for one minute or until you dismiss it. Um, you admit bright light as a 60 foot radius and dim light 30 feet beyond that. Your enemies in the bright light has disadvantage on saving throws against any spell that deals fire or radiant damage. Not your spells that deal fire or radiant. Any spell that deals fire or radiant. Oh, get to be friends with your sorcerer. Get to be friends with your wizard. No, 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 no. What's that? We have a paladin in the party. I will be a light cleric. Yeah, those smites are just just. Like they're already well. It's just disadvantage on saving throws, right? Like there's no saving throw involved with a lot of the smites, but like fireball, fireball, yeah, right. Nothing saying uh, uh, is fire or what radiant, fire or radiant, yeah, right. Scorch, uh, even go the lower one and have like uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Sacred flame. No, burning hands is not. It's a cone. I don't know. Burning hands is a cone. There's a dexterity save to it. So like such a powerful ability that is ruined by saying. And here's a fire elemental. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. But, I mean, you take elemental adept and that's kind of 
mitigated a bit, but I, I, I love this. They're, these guys are just here to s- eradicate shadow and darkness from the world. I love them. I feel like his holy symbol is a phoenix. Or a sun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, they're, they're a sun, a phoenix, uh, a f- ball of solid fire, uh, like something. Like, this is the guy who's carrying around a torch, not because he needs to see, but because it's open flame. Yeah, right. like this is the guy that gets continual flame cast on his paltry. It's Beric Dondarrion. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah, Here that's go, that's right? what it is. All right, is, was there anything else to this? Guy? No, no, no. That's that's it. They're they're just all about burning things. Okay, um, fire. So, I wanted to grab onto the most normal and boring of all cleric subclasses: the life, life domain. domain. Nobody gives a damn. Mm. We know that you run around and domain heal of life. Yeah, so remember, when you're a dwarf cleric in your life domain, your movement is less than everyone else's, and you will be the last one to the party. Save all of your healing, to, or all of your spell slots to heal, As because you that's your job. When we that's all I did. That's all I did for all of Curse of Straw. During the massive charge into Ravenloft. Yeah, I, I had two glowing moments of, of brilliance. One of them was spiritual guardians running through a pack of zombies. And uh, and the other one was when I got to smash Strahd's face with the warhammer because he fell over. Yep. Those <laughs> um, are good stories, but that's it. Out of like five months of playing, everything else I did was heal. Yep. Anyway, life domain. I'm so bored with this. And then I read it, and I'm like, I think I played it wrong. So um, <laughs> the the gods of life again. <laughs> Mulligan. Terry, can you DM, please? I don't fucking fuck Curse of Strata. <laughs> <laughs> On that epic level again. Well, oh, it was so good, though. Um, anyways, uh, the gods of life promote vitality and health through healing the sick and wounded. You get life domain spells, including bless. Okay, that makes sense. C- uh, cure wounds. Really? You get cure wounds as a cure wounds. Cure wounds. My God. I wonder if we also... Oh, Lesser Lesser Restoration. restoration. There it is. My gosh. The River of Fire. Bless, bless, a.k.a. Shit Bane. It's just Reverse Bane. (laughs) It's not as good. Um, Spiritual Weapon, which is... I can't get involved in this fight, so I will stay back here to heal and let my weapon do the work for me. (laughs) Uh, Beacon of Hope. uh, Revivify, uh, because of course... Beacon of Hope is also like... My healing will... Is amplify right? Like yeah. that's the amplification spell. Yeah, makes sense. Revivify, death ward. Oh, you died. No, you didn't. Uh, Guardian of faith. Here's a great big angel. I think right. Celestial. Yeah, of some kind. that's gonna stand in the ways. It's like super tall, and will deal out sixty points of damage till it just nopes out. Um, mass cure wounds and raise dead. Mass cure wounds and raise dead. Now we're talking at ninth level. You're gonna get these innately. This is where I'm a little bit more interested. Why is your, I'm doing everything in the name of life, raising the dead? Yeah. I'm turning undead. My channel divinity is called preserve life, but I'm raising the dead. It's an interesting dichotomy to this. And I think the only reason that the cleric got it is because like, I don't know, what else is a fifth level spell that can fit? Well, the- no, I, I disagree with that because it, it brings in the whole, the aspect of raising dead isn't so much, you know, the act of, interrupting death it is the act of continuing life right so like you're, you're i dis- i hardly i would say so that would be the length does, that is the length that they want to me, do does, here does raise dead create does it create undead or does it bring them back to life uh, raise dead brings you back to life does it yes 
It's not. It's not raise undead. It's not command undead. I as think we, is what the spell's called. As we wait, internet, while we find. Well, this spell. well, hold, what is the difference between raise dead and revivify? Revivify can only happen it's within a, a minute limit? of them uh, being dead, and it's a action. It's a bonus action to cast. Like it's something mm, stupid. It's All right. The next time somebody else is talking, I'm looking up raise dead because I. I need, no, I said I would do it, Dan. Put your book down. No, you, go, you go over your. This class. is my domain. You go over your class. I'll. Figure it out. I have social media tips for people. No, no, you don't. Okay. Okay, so you have a bonus proficiency. <laughs> we, we had a meeting and we vetoed your right to do that shit. <laughs> After what happened last week, what? never again. Nobody heard. Did you listen to it? Yeah. Do I listen to it? I'm the editor. Yes, I listened to it. <laughs> what is he doing? He's already goes. Uh, if you're confused listening at home, go listen to what happens after the end credits on this next, <laughs> on the last episode. <laughs> yep. So. Um, change your game. Anyways. Back to the life domain. You get a bonus proficiency, so you get your heavy armor. Uh, now we're talking, you can get in and heal. This was my complaint earlier, was that you couldn't do that. Now you can. Mm. So I'm a little bit happier. Your discipline of life, this is what I like. When you use the spell of first level or higher to restore hit points, so all of them, the creature regains additional hit points equal to two plus the spell's level. So you're doing a minimum of an additional three every time you cast it. Nice. Right? That's really helpful. Your preserve life. Uh, as an action, you present your holy symbol um, and uh, evoke healing energy that can restore a number of hit points equal to five times your cleric level. It's poor man's lay on hands. Um, but you can choose any creatures within 30 feet of you and divide these hit points among them. Which makes it a little bit more versatile than Lay on Hands. Mm -hmm. Lay on Hands really feels like a short rest ability. This feels like a mid-combat ability. Um, Blessed Healer. Um, When you cast a spell on other people, it heals you as well. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I get... I mean, you know what? That's actually pretty good. Because that's always the struggle as a cleric. I'm quite selfish cleric. I don't give a fuck. I'll heal myself (laughs) all day long. But... uh, but that is the struggle, right? Yeah, I, don't, like, I don't think Azrael's so ever healed Lucky. But <laughs> he's just all like, oh, you suffering little gnome. You probably hate the fact that Die. I, have, I have an ASMR cleric and his name Azrael as well. <laughs> That's pretty on the nose. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. His middle name is I've... Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> so his last name is Michaels. Gabriel Michaels. <laughs> Gabriel Michaels. <laughs> so so um, the, the thing that I like about this so far is that my problem is if you're waiting into battle to actually get hit while you're trying to heal others and bring them back from the brink and you're just taking damage this is just a trade-off right instead of the bad guys hitting the people that are hurt they're hitting you instead and you're restoring it you're essentially trading your hit points for another party members Mm -hmm. but now with your heavy armor and your ability to heal yourself and um your ability to heal people from 30 feet away you're just getting better and better and better at this um you get uh, Divine Strike at 8th level. Uh, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can cause the attack to deal extra radiant damage. At 14th, it goes up to 2d8 from 1d8. Good. Yeah, that, that's alright. Your Divine Strike, though, Terry, for yes. nature, was not radiant. It was specifically the others. Fire, cold, or lightning. This is this is where you get the radiant. Right. So it's not. it doesn't come standard. Um, and then at 17th level, you get Supreme Healing. When you would normally roll one or more dice to restore hit points with a spell, you instead use the highest number possible for each die. Maximum rolls. For example, instead of restoring 2d6, you restore 12. Can you think about your mass cure wounds at that point? Yeah, that's huge. That is massive. That is 
This is where you want your, your life domain cleric. This is a really neat... Um, better than the standard clerics that I remember from previous editions. And when I was playing Bargus, who was a dwarf cleric, right? And he was a life domain. He was walking around trying to catch up. And I think he was only like level 5. He didn't get a lot of the cool stuff yet. Yeah. Uh, I think he maxed out at level 6 before we swapped. Yeah. Um, and... There was not a whole lot for him to do in, in Ravenloft mm -hmm. as well, right? Everything is kind of undead, so he's turning undead and spiritual weapon, mm -hmm. and that's it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I've got raised dead here, yeah. and it is raising to life. Yeah, you return a dead creature, you touch to life. It's the diamond worth 500 gold. Okay. That you oh, is that, is that, well, that, that's what that, that makes a little yeah. more sense. All right. Right, and it's like, this spell closes all mortal wounds. Uh, it doesn't restore missing body parts. That's a thing. I like that. Uh, if a creature's lacking body parts or organs eternal for its survival, its head, for instance, the spell automatically fails. Okay. Um, so you're good with the gallbladder, but... Yeah. Uh, coming back from the dead is an ordeal. The target takes negative four penalty to all attack rolls, saving throws, and ability checks. Every time the target uh, finishes a long rest, the penalty is reduced by one until it disappears. Okay. Yeah, uh, that part is never played. It's like, oh, you're raised from the dead, and now you're good. Go about adventure again. No, you're still you're fucked until you until you deal with things. And I think that if you're gonna have a cleric that is like a life cleric that is pulling people back up from the dead, they're revivifying and whatnot. I'm using maximum potential hit points on my monsters. I'm gonna have them be smarter mm -hmm. all of the time. There's going to be a little bit more intelligence. I'm going to really go balls to the wall with my DMing style. I'm going to definitely target the person who's healing people more. Yeah, uh, yeah and every once in a while I will target the rest of the party members so, so that this is the last man standing. And he heals them all back. He brings them back. What's the time limit on, on Raise Dead? Is there one? How long, like the oh, no, there time? is not one. No, it, the casting time is an hour. No, 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 but the time limit. Like, they can only be so dead. No. Uh, no longer than ten days. No longer than 10 days. Okay, so you go from one hour to 10 days, right? This, I, I would kill the entire party, have the cultists, because it's always cultists, yeah. uh, take all of the body members, or all of the body, body members, all of the party members' body parts away, um, and then the cleric has to go for the next session, get new adventurers, so your players get to roll up new people, go out to rescue the originals, Yep, and you have 10 days to do it. And it's going to be super hard, and it's high stress, and that's a lot of fun and a good way to counter the TPK that you're not you're not uh, expecting to happen. Mm -hmm. If you, you roll a random encounter and the T Rexes just like destroy the party and then drag their bodies back to feed their young, which will hatch soon. Yeah, right. Like that's that's a good way to undo this to have the cleric be the one that was not targeted, mm -hmm. yeah. not not sent to actual death. Yep. Um, my only complaint about this is as cool it is, as it is for healing and resurrection 5th ed is D&D on easy mode in the first place I'm not a fan of things that just make it easier yep. I straight up have built a homebrew campaign where you cannot cast revivify it doesn't freaking exist mm -hmm. and there is no access to diamonds because I need death to mean something Yeah. Right. and it just doesn't in fifth edition, that, yeah, that that fear of death has to be real. It's you gone by be, level three. You can't just be going into every encounter like, well, the cleric will just bring us back. It's fine, you know. Yeah, and so if your party is starting to do that because you have a life domain cleric, 
you have Adam's permission to go balls to the wall and give them dragons to fight at level 8. Adam has given you permission to do that. Yeah. I, I absolutely 100% say that if that if they want to have a life cleric or a life domain cleric in the party, they're playing on hard mode now. Mm-hmm. Dear players, you need to know that you are now imbalancing the entire campaign and your DM is going to come at you. And they're going to do things that you don't like, like steal your items and attack the character sheet and whatnot. Because it's not about hit points anymore. You've circumvented that. Yeah. yeah. So, um... I know. That's like the third time you guys said yep at the same time this episode. Yeah, yep. we've done it so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, was there yeah. anything else that you guys wanted to I'm touch gonna, on? I'm going to switch languages. <laughs> what? Um, anything else you guys wanted to touch on briefly? Mm, for no. no. You can't speak <laughs> French. I'm doing French. It's the same fucking word. Carlisma. Tabernak. Okay, um, I got one other thing that I want to go through real quickly. And you guys are going to love this because you get to listen to me talk um, a little bit more before we move on to the last thing. I want to do a list uh, for you guys. Dan's already bored. Um, here are the cleric-only spells. You have to be a cleric to get these. Now, there are ways around this. There's your divine soul. There's your bardic knowledges and, yeah. and whatnot. But here is, here's what you what you need, uh, or here's what you get. Um, I'll, and I'll start from cantrips and I'll work my way through it really quickly. You have to be a cleric to get Sacred Flame, Spare the Dying, uh, Thaumaturgy, Word of Radiance, Guiding Bolt, Inflict Wounds, Sanctuary, Augury, Prayer of Healing, Spiritual Weapon, uh, Warding Bond, Beacon of Hope, Mass Healing Word, Spirit Guardians, Divination, Guardian of Faith, Commune, Flame Strike, Hallow, Blade Barrier, Forbiddance. That was one of my favorites. Uh, Harm, Planar Ally, Word of Recall, Conjure Celestial, Divine Word, Temple of the Gods, Holy Aura, and Mass Heal. Oh, I think Planar Ally was the one I was thinking of, where it's like an angel or something comes. Maybe it's Guardian of Faith? I can't remember. I can tell you what Guardian of Faith is. Guardian of Faith, like the massive angelic radiant being yeah. is summoned yeah that's 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 definitely true a large spectral guardian appears and hovers for the duration uh so up to eight hours in an unoccupied space if you don't have access to Lehman's tiny hut you send this guy you set this guy up as a yeah as someone um to guard century yeah uh the guardian occupies a space and is indistinct except for a glimmering or a gleaming sword and shield emblazoned with the symbol of your deity any creature hostile to you that moves to a space within 10 feet of the guardian for the first time on a turn, must succeed a deck saving throw. The creature takes 20 radiant damage on a failed save, or half as much damage on a successful one. The Guardian vanishes when it's dealt a total of 60 damage. So, that's that's Guardian. It's one of the ones that comes standard with the, with the life domain. So, yeah. Um, I got one last question before we move on. Do the shout out real quick. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, and let's do it in the same order. Uh, Terry, you went first. Yeah. Okay, when you are building with your stats... <laughs> what? Yeah! <laughs> you got all Scandinavian on me. What? Um, so, uh, when you are building your specific nature... Yeah. Everybody is building with wisdom mm. and con and strength, right? That is how you, you start working out your cleric, right? What is the next most important stat? What did you say there? Wisdom, con, con and strength. strength. What, what's your fourth? Hmm. Okay, depends how you want to play. I would say either intelligence or charisma. 
for nature. Yeah, charisma. I'd I would say, say I would I'd, say charisma because you got all that animal handling stuff going yeah. on. You're doing a lot of animal handling. For nature, yeah. Dan, what what about for yours? Uh, for light, dexterity. Is it dexterity? You've yeah. got a lot of saves that you're, you're damage you dealers. Don't get so. medium armor. You don't get uh, heavy, heavy armor. armor with it. So so your dex is actually going to matter. You didn't go with intelligence for the illumination theme. Uh, enlightenment, yeah. I mean, it fits the theme a little bit, but uh, it's by no means supported by the mechanics. It's just all the theme of it. Uh, I mean, you get scrying, and that's just the only thing that le- leads in that direction. And I view a light cleric as kind of abrasive by nature. He's he's the, you know, holier-than-thou, by fire be purged guy. Yeah. Right? Like, he's not charismatic at all. Mm, right? Okay. He, uh, so I'd say dexterity. Like, he's out there to cause trouble, so he needs to be able to maneuver around the trouble he's causing. Yeah, I would say it's dex for the light, or for the life as well, because... Uh, if you're healing, you're going to be in area of effects, yeah. and most of those are are dexterity saves. Yeah, um, and it's dex or whiz, and you've already got a high wisdom, so there's that. Um, do you guys have a shout out that you want to? No, <laughs> no, I do. Uh, so last uh, one of the episodes, it might have been last week, it might have been two weeks ago. Um, we we shouted out uh, Katie, who did, has done all of our art. Yep. Um, I want to shout out Corey, who does our music. Now we've we've commented a couple times that I'm a musician, I'm a bass player, and and we've alluded to the fact that I've played these songs. I don't. It is purely. It is my friend Corey, who's a fantastic bassist, one of the best bassists I've ever met. A uh, great guy. Uh, he's the one that plays that funky music, white boy. He, he's the white boy that plays that funky music. Are you yeah. calling him white boy is every time? Funky every music single time, white boy. Every, every time. single time. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But uh, Corey, uh, I sent him a message and was like, "Hey, I'm doing this podcast thing and just need something." And he's like, "Sure." And within a day, I had four little tracks. He's like. Here are these. And I'm like, okay, well, let's do this one up a bit as a tempo. Let's change this one a little bit. And that's how we have our uh, intro music and the outro music for the podcast or through Corey. Um, he's not really out there in terms of you could buy his music or anything else like that. I just want to shout him out. He's great. Yeah, um, sure. Nice. Um, he doesn't have an Instagram page that's kind of open up to the public. So he's got not he's really. Free. He's unplugged from the he, Matrix. He, he's unplugged he's truly from the free. Instagram Matrix. He's truly free. Uh, reach out and find out if he has a Twitter handle that he wants anyone to yeah, find Yeah, and, and we'll put it on there. Um, but he he's just a great guy. And uh, I wanted to thank him for all the work he's done. Because um, you know, he's put in a lot of effort so that we actually sound somewhat legitimate. Yeah. Our music's pretty sick. Yeah, our, our music's pretty Thanks, incredible. Corey. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Corey. Cool. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Corey. Um, all right, now, so for the last thing I want to do, I was, like I've ranted and bitched about clerics before, and I will again. And again. Yeah, and again. And again. And again. Are you done? You already done? <laughs> yeah. No, sorry, it's just a little bit of PTSD flashback of you complaining about clerics again. And again? And again. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's... I get so few moments to make Terry upset. Let, let's, I, like, cherish these moments. Let's talk about archetypes, stereotypes, personal builds that you would want to see for specifically your cleric domain or the domains that we've spoken about today. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll roll initiative for it again. Yep. Yeah, probably going to win. 
God knows I won't. Nope. Oh, oh I tied it then. I came last, ladies and gentlemen. I rolled two eights. I got a 16. So, so did uh, I, technically. I'm going last. You're going last. Actually, you know what? I've been doing pretty good for a little while. So uh, oh so we're doing character builds? Yeah. Is that what we're thinking? Okay, so... Characters. Um, I've, I've, I've always liked the light cleric in past editions where you've played the cleric that cast the fireball. I've always enjoyed being able to do that. But what I want to do with this guy is he's the crazy dude with the sandwich board on the side of the street. With a sandwich board on the side of the street? Dude, yeah, I thought he board. said the crazy dude with the samurai sword on the side of the street. I heard that first, too. I was like, like what? No, I know Sandwich I was like, board. No, I knew the way. I swear I've seen that dude down East Hastings or something on the way into Vancouver. There, there is legitimately a guy that walks around Vancouver with a samurai sword. I've seen him talking to the police. I'm not joking because when I worked downtown, I would drive in all the time. Yeah. That is legitimately. This something. is why I stay in the burbs. <laughs> like, he's not just does just work at Academy Duello or whatever it is down there. No, 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 no. I think that he's a crazy person. And Academy Duello doesn't do uh, katana. Oh, it's just and, like longsword. They do like spears and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah. They do mostly medieval uh, arts. They're shout fantastic. out to those shout guys. Shout out to Academy Duello. They're fantastic. I've wanted to do courses there for a. Dude, I'll do that with you. It looks so really? good. I drive by. I, like, do three do three not times tempt me with this. I will I drive love to by do like it. three times a week. It looks so good. They have yeah. a night camp going on now, but apparently at thirty-one, I'm too old by about twenty years. So, Aww. but it looks really good. Well, if you would shave that that dirt on your face right off, <laughs> you might be able to pass. I, guess so much. I have a friend. <laughs> okay, I have a friend. I have multiple. I actually, do I, you? I have multiple. <laughs> I have a friend, and she is a real woman. Um, and she uh, reached out to me with like a special shampoo to make my my fucking beard grow. <laughs> she was like, "Your beard is it called Rogaine?" Yeah, <laughs> no, it's like something else. Where she was like, "No, like men everywhere are using it," and I'm like. Bear in mind that I am a human man, and I interact with men everywhere constantly, and I've never heard of anyone using a special shampoo to make their beard grow. That's because no I, man is going to admit. And I'm a half-elf anyway, so this no, is... No, I, I straight up have special beard shampoo, which doesn't necessarily make it grow better. It makes it fuller. It makes it fuller, and it feels better. Yeah, I, I oil. I oil so, it. So do, do I, that. yeah. yeah. We'll, give you, we'll give you some tips. Don't you think, like, I, I like, it's kind of light, it's kind of a little bit, like... I was actually looking at it earlier. Like I looked over and saw like the reflection. Right. Like the, the, I can only the, see it when you pass in front of a light. Is it yeah. <laughs> no, fuck off. It's like it's like, the, like people say. I see all the time in pictures. I'm like, you guys see my mic? It's like Hollywood stubble. It's like a little bit. It's, it's you, a little you, bit you, sexy. You, you have a little bit of like the 2004 Johnny Depp's. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That well, that's. I'd but, say I would say that's what I'm going for. That's what I've got. That's my option. <laughs> but the problem is it's blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have to be in direct sunlight for anyone to see it. It's sexy though, don't you think? It kind of. I'm a little aroused. It, it kind of <laughs> looks like you got a bit too over eager in your uh, bag of Cheetos, and it's just kind of smeared oh, in a pattern. God damn! But it's you're, you're just not a nice person. But anyways, Dan, why so, are you such a dick all the time to me and Adam? This is my revenge for the coughing. And the constant bitching and the ceaseless berating. We never complain. When do we complain? Not once have we Not ever once have we complained. <laughs> false. <laughs> Patently false. false. Anyways, okay. my character that I want to build is... Yeah. is Flamer. Uh, he's a, he's a uh, soothsayer of sorts, right? He is trying to get people to understand that the end is coming. And he is going to protect the village that the corner he stands on by fire. Um, he is screaming and yelling at people. He's, I, that's just the flavor I'm putting on him there. Uh, just, he's trying to get this information out. He's a bit off. He's a bit kooky. He's like chaotic, neutral, maybe true neutral, maybe neutral evil. Like he's, and, and if there is a sinner that walks by him, he will purge them by fire, right? Like that, this is the 
character I would do with this. I don't think I, I want to lean away from the him the him being good um, aspect. Um, and he just is a crazy sandwich board standing on a what's his name milk crate. I I don't know crazy Steve. Crazy Steve, <laughs> like out. like one eyed Jerry on the street. Shout out to, but he's got both eyes. And no but he's got both eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got, oh, he has no eyes. <laughs> both of them burned out. Shout just out hollow to, sockets. Shout out to one eyed Jerry. So that's me. That's you. Who went second, Adam? Yeah, hold on. I I, I want to. Now you can't do this because of the Underdark, and maybe maybe you can homebrew this. What I would do with a character like that is, I'm thinking of what what movie was it? Was it Solaris or? No, it wasn't Solaris. It was Sunshine. The Danny Boyle one. They got to go restart the sun. If I have Sunshine. Yeah, Sunshine. Not Sunshine Cleaning. That's very different. You and but, I were talking about this the other day. Yeah, so I would do something where you have to keep the eternal flame lit. A pilgrimage for yeah, this oh, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, if there needs to be... like I'm, I'm Phoenix flavoring this. Fire Elementals. You're going to the City of Brass in the in the plane of fire right we're gonna really lean into the fire aspect yeah um, but i i also wanted to lean into the like the hyper religious like the um the super religious like uh side of things is what i wanted to lean in with him as well like he is he's following the tenets of his faith to a punctuation mark well, can you please make him a triton <laughs> just steams. Yeah. Every time he's angry, just like literal steam out the ears. Always asking for a glass of water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just like coughs through every single podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Every social, what kind of asshole would do that, right? Every social encounter. Wide, Damn it, Jerry! A wide one. I haven't done it once. Have you noticed? I haven't I have. coughed once. All right. I coughed once. Um, Your turn, Adam. So uh, my thing, I, I, I've been thinking about life a lot lately. meeting. <laughs> and is it worth it? And now he has his existential crisis on the podcast. So, so uh, life uh, domain specifically. And I was thinking about how much fun it would be to be called and not understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you're going to talk about that a little bit, Terry. Mine's going to be a little different, I'm sure. Um, my big thing is I want to do a faith healer. Oh, God. Uh, and, oh. but, but like Southern Baptist no oh my god I think that I think that session one you're going over pushing a bunch of people over speaking in tongues no no the thing is how many how many people how many wizards and, and sorcerers and cultists and stuff the people that are out there that are trying to gain a following even like champion fighters want their legend spread hmm. this should be a guy who is actively trying to get followers give him a bunch of NPCs and have him heal through the word of his God. And I myself would build him to only heal certain people based on my personal whim. <laughs> this is how you have a party fight. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there would be one party member, then I would just I would clear it with the player ahead of time. I'm never going to heal you. You need to get your health from somewhere else because you're a necromancer if or you you're send, a. If you send five dollars, yeah, check yeah, to me and you pray, you will be rewarded tenfold. But this I, ministry deserves a jet. I, I fucking hate those guys. I think that he he sign he starts this entire organization with the bard, and the bard gets the people in, and he faith heals in front of everybody. And this is what you do with your downtime, and you'd have them. The goal is, I'd ask a DM by level twelve, can I be fairly famous I want people flocking to me where I spend my downtime healing people um, 
if my character dies, I want people weeping in the streets, right? Oh, he'll come back. The legends have foretold that he's not truly dead. The healing power of his god and so on and so forth. Yeah. Right? So I would really play into that. And I would also be super egotistical. Every time that you get healed, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I hate him. I hate this guy so much. <laughs> this guy, I'd be like, I'd never be like, play this guy. Like, I will just turn and drive my sword into his throat. I'd be like, DM, just let me die. Just let me die. Don't let me be revived. <laughs> but uh, can I resist the healing spell? I don't know. You're on your second death oh save. Oh my god. Can I resist be, the healing spell? You'd always be getting people to speak in tongues and stuff. Uh, fuck there, me. there would be so much fun. And you would pick your spells around this too. And a lot of it would be social, right? And a lot of it would be, I cast tongues. Right, and there, you would do things like that. I think that's a load. Stop of fun. speaking celestial. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just infernal backwards. So, <laughs> so I love that so much. So, I, I would very much lead it. Like, like you would see, there would be like a Glabrazu steps forward, and you just turn to the ranger and go. I need an old priest and a young priest. <laughs> right? Like, I, just, I really, that's how I would play this Oh game. my god. Right? I would love it. Just constantly have a little cup that you say is holy water. You're just splashing people in the face it's, as you walk by them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, and see, I wouldn't, I, I would definitely have like the, the flagon of wine with me all the time. I'd be like, this is not for drinking. This is a spell component. And it, and it would be my holy symbol. I would hold it up and I would toast people. And it would be like the holy symbol on on the goblet itself, and I would just be like, "To you, friend," and then take a little sip. <laughs> I thought that was not for drinking. <laughs> it's not for you to drink. <laughs> so just, just anyway. constantly just blessing people as well that don't want stop blessing me all the time. <laughs> Bless yeah, um, and and I would walk into taverns and be like, "It is I," and like pronounce the, the bard gives the whole big spiel and would introduce me and the rest of the party my altar boys. <laughs> just your barbarian wearing like the the, the smock is like no, <laughs> no. like just sulking and pouting is like as long as I get my beer I'll do this yeah anyways Terry what do you got oh man I don't know if I can follow that to be honest that character makes me so mad <laughs> like we've we've done a couple of these things now and none of these ca- all the characters have been like oh yeah yeah that's pretty cool that's pretty decent I will fucking murder this guy yeah <laughs> oh oh. He knows and he forgives you. Oh. <laughs> and, and he'll be sanctimonious piece of shit. And he'll be back in three days. <laughs> One step and like, over the line. Hey, <laughs> uh, just reviving you as well. Just you'd be the first thing that you see. We haven't lost you yet, brother. That's oh, and, but I think his deception is like has got to be one of the skills. I would take a background where he's proficient with deception so that he can straight up lie to people. If he comes back from the dead, he can look at them and be like, my God is the true God. I saw him. I spoke with him. Yeah, right? It's all just, a lie. She just played right? Bard posing as a cleric. Oh my God. All right. Now, hold on. I got to build that. Terry, you do your thing. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to stick with the nature domain, which is what I was talking about before. I like the idea of a child discovered somewhere in the woods, in the mountains, desert, Nature becomes an altar boy. I'm falling. Does not become your altar boy. Does not become your Tarzan. Shut up! It's my turn. (laughs) This is why I don't like going last. Okay, because everybody's already done. We don't need to hear about the Dalai Lama. Shut the fuck (laughs) up. How about the child's toy, the Lama Dalai? Okay, 
The child is the child of God, okay? <laughs> or his God. And, like, because it's nature, plants move around him and things. So, as he talks about the plants Okay, but no, it's about how he deals with the fame of growing up from a child as this cleric that's sent by the gods and how he handles that. Like Justin Bieber. So, is he going to go off the rails? What do you mean, is he? You mean, has he? Has Are we talking about Bieber or my child? You Bieber. <laughs> Both of them are my children. <laughs> Um, and, and basically, his story arc is he's, he is already known around the world. He's already known around the world. Even though he's level one, starts level one, he's low powered. The legend spread, and it's how does he handle Is he like the thing? born under a comet or how something? How does it affect his life? Yeah, whatever backstory sort of bullshit you want to come up with, but for whatever reason, or under a fucking star or something like that, he's known to be this thing. And his story arc, his backstory leading into the campaign is how does he handle, how does he develop growing up, leveling up under this fame? Does it make it or break him? I would have a monk character be a mentor to him. Yeah. Right? And oh, yeah. It could be have, one of those uh, joint backstories. Yeah, and have have the two players, if they're willing to work together, do yeah. something like that. Uh, that's cool. Like, maybe maybe his thing is he doesn't have parents. He was discovered. Shocker. No, no, no. <laughs> but he never had parents in the first place. He was birthed from the jungle. Yeah. And somebody found him, like, cradled in leaves. Like Ace Ventura. When they took <laughs> no, him from the no, rhino. No, 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 no. no. Not, not quite. <laughs> well... <laughs> no, <laughs> not not like that. But I mean, can you imagine uh, Janasi like screams this kind of character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aladrin, maybe yeah. right? If you're if you're going into that into the nature domain, mm-hmm. does that? Yeah, but uh, that's what I'm thinking. I like that's it. What I'm thinking. I'm trying to think how I would handle that character as a DM. I would do a lot of. Uh, there would have to be a lot of, if not urban. You could have a, a lot paladin of villages. like sworn to him. Like, like an oath of protection paladin that follows him around. That's yeah. That's like so you could bodyguard. go full like uh, full like a uh, mountain Game of Thrones like Gregor Clegane type. Cycle well, you would also have a that follows him. You yeah. could also have him be like the if he's the prophesied savior or messiah of this. Or of her. This you one know religion. what? I might play this as a female character. But but if if that's the case, you could have his protector. Sure, you should have a cult that is trying to take him down. Yeah. And take him out. So, like, as a DM, you base the fact that there's this cult out there that is seeking this person, wherever they are in the world, to kill them. You use that as a thing. So this 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 little boy character, little girl character, whatever they are, is constantly, like, hyperactively paranoid about everything that's going around. Because these operatives could spring out and slit her throat in the middle of the night. Yeah, I would have, the as a DM... I would lean into that as being one of the major factors of the story so that there are tragic and heroic moments for this character. And I think I would spend all the time, every time I'm done an arc, whether it's a dungeon or an ambush or anything that's not on a random table, mm. I would turn to this player, I would turn to you, Terry, and I would say, how does that make your character feel? Yeah. And really let you choose these moments of... It's not really a redemption or corruption arc, but where do you land on the scale of, like... Yeah, how is your faith in humanity or whatever? Where are you yeah. turning? Yeah. The only problem with this with this character is, uh, in terms of a and d game, he runs the danger of being the main character and that all of the other players at the table are supporting cast. Well, that was the problem with mine as well. And I'm aware of that. Like, I would walk in and just drive everybody else up the fucking wall. Yeah. Right? Like, my character is batshit insane. Yeah, I, now I, suddenly I, it's about you. Yeah, you're right. I think that I would temper my character to be blind. Yeah. 
So I can only cast spells or I'm rolling with disadvantage to hit, right? As a blind faith healer, that thematically fits and it would temper the ego quite a bit, right? Your character would be the main character, but maybe insofar but as... But also a child, so like that, temples, that, sorry, that tempers that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it may be like... And at this point, you may be talking really low physical stats compared to higher mental stats or something. Yeah, I like that. Where, I mean, your con would still be high. You're not going to be strong, are you? If you're like no, nine. No. You know? no, I'd give you some decks, right? But yeah, your intelligence is probably not super con high. Con should be low. Yeah, you should be squishy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I like it. Is there anything else that we want to we wanna go over with? Um, with regards to clerks. In regards to clerks? Clerks. It's a great movie. Hmm. Is it? We call it Yes. Clark. Give it another watch. We call it Clark. No, I've, in my I've watched it many times. So I, 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 I'm, I'm quite a fan. All right. Especially the clerks, too. Call it clerks. But that, that's mostly because I have a... I, I love Rosario Dawson. I'll watch anything she's in. Yeah, she's pretty good. Yeah. Anyways, is there anything else we want to talk about as far no, as clerics go? No, I don't have anything else. Um, I think that we should really take a moment to talk about pantheons sometime mm. in the future. Yeah. Maybe do a special. Yeah. Right? Or maybe one of the lore episodes or even world building. One of the world buildings. Yeah. On, on the pantheons that exist and how to use them. And then maybe another one on how to homebrew a Pantheon. Mm-hmm. It sounds like plan. So, um, other than that, we're going to jump into Druids next week. Uh, we're going to hit the two in the player's handbook. And, and what was the other one? Uh, Shepherds from Xanathar. Shepherds, cool. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And uh, you can find us uh, on Instagram. Dan, what's your handle? At Oscar the Orc. Uh, Oscar underscore the underscore Orc. Terry? At SendNoobsDND. Uh, and I'm at Rusty Styrofoam. You can catch any of us at It's a Mimic. Um, and you can catch us on Twitter at It's Mimic D&D. Also follow us on Facebook. We rarely look at it, but you know I like more than five followers. So Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to buy your essential oils and healing crystals, okay? And uh, I don't give a fuck about what you don't agree with what the teacher's doing in your school. <laughs> That's Facebook, right? That's Facebook, isn't it? Um, Facebook is also crazy old people pushing the racist agendas. <laughs> Nah, you're not wrong. <laughs> we always look at Dan, but like, Dan, it's true. And then he's like, yes, it is true. <laughs> Can't even argue with that. Um, anyways. It's uh, like I'm the arbiter of truth on this podcast for some reason. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> uh, it's because you are slightly the most moral out of us. Slightly? Slightly. Slightly? slightly? That's what I'm saying and I'm sticking Have with you it. met you? Yeah, I'm awesome. Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more.